Welcome to The Hills Are Alive, a movie musical podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Kelsey. And we're back. Um, I hope you enjoyed our episode last week about The Phantom of the Opera. Um, This week? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, this week I think we were both a little bit more excited to do this one. Yeah, and I'm excited that we're going to take a little bit of a break from Turn of the Century Paris. Yes. For for a minute. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it will come back. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll be back in, well, I think that's 19th century France. Yeah. But eventually. anyways. Um, so, Kelsey, how have you been? Um, The same. Yeah, it's very Stefan of you. <laughs> Me too. It's gloomy today. It's supposed to freeze and yeah, and it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> um, have you watched anything interesting recently? I know you're into I've, WandaVision. Oh my gosh, I love WandaVision. Yeah. I'm obsessed with I it. I watched the new episode. I as could well. I could do a podcast about WandaVision. Yeah. Would anyone listen to it? Is the question. <laughs> Wait, how did that last episode end? Well, oh, spoiler alert. I'm not. No, I'm not going to say that. In this episode, it's okay. it's big. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Really oh, big. right, right, right. Now I remember. Uh, speaking of that, why did um, so I think I have a big, huge crush on Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh yeah. So do you? Yeah. He's okay. Since Kick Ass. <laughs> did you know he married? I can't remember which movie. He was making, but he married his director. I think it was the director of Nowhere Boy. Much, much senior. I think it was the director of Nowhere Boy. Okay, yeah. The Lennon biopic that he was in. Uh, but she's like, yeah, like 25 years older than him or something like that. Yeah. And he took her last name. Yeah, hyphenated. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Um, so was he replaced in those movies? No, he dies. Oh, Okay. So then, okay, well, we don't have to go into any spoilers about what's going on. I mean, um, I don't know. People, if you watch it, people have probably seen it. I just, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't want to ruin that moment for anybody. Okay. All right. Um, so I recently watched that, um, what is it called? Framing Britney Spears, the Hulu documentary oh, yeah. that came out. And it was so heartbreaking. I mean, I just didn't, I mean... I hadn't. I had known that about her like conservatorship or whatever that has been going on. I just didn't realize that she's been in it for like twelve or thirteen years at this point. Yeah, and I'll say. I mean, I haven't watched it yet, but I've you know, I I read I read stuff on the internet. Yeah, and I guess I didn't realize that it applies to more than just her finances. Yeah, her bodily person as well yeah like i heard uh, this is a rumor but i heard that like her dad grounded her at age 39 jesus yeah i would oh my gosh i would flip out yeah and um and it's just the thing that's crazy about it is that she she had the most successful vegas residency of all time and did that for like of all time. That's, I think that's what the what bigger the than was. Celine. I think so. I mean, wow. she was making like, it, I mean, I think it was like three hundred thousand dollars per night. Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy, and it's the fact that she can like, you know, have this career and make all this money, and like, it. That's not somebody who can't take care of themselves, you know, but instead she's just making money for. Uh, her father and 
the her their father's lawyer who's also part of the conservatorship and like mm. because she was making uh so much money he like asked for a raise from the conservatorship right he was like and he was like that's and his in his obviously court document, because of him right and in his court document he was like well we should think about this conservatorship more like a business so should we start? Okay, we're gonna do a Wandavision podcast <laughs> yeah. and a Britney and a Spears, Spears podcast. podcast. Yes, um, but today we are doing our movie musical podcast, and we're talking about yeah. uh, West Side Story, a classic. Yeah, probably the musical classic. Yeah, I mean, and it's just—I mean, probably one of the most um, produced musicals as far as like community theater and high school musicals and stuff like that. Yeah, it's one of those musicals where even if you haven't seen it, like, you know it. Right. I mean, if you know... I mean, it's been parodied so many times. I mean, if you know Romeo and Juliet, you basically know... Yeah, Yeah. but, like, specifically, um, you know, the the song Cool? Mm Mm-hmm. There's that... Yeah. (laughs) There's, like, that Gap commercial in the 90s. Mm-hmm. They do it on um, Arrested Development, yeah. just off the top of my head. I know they've done it on The Simpsons. They did it on, I think they did it on Scrub. I mean, they do it on everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just been, and also just like the snapping yeah. gangs dancing. I mean, that's been like, you know, yeah. a trope since then. The thing about West Side Story, and I, I've maybe used this analogy before, I'm not sure, but... But with a lot of musicals, and with this one in particular, I kind of look at them the Mm -hmm. same way that I look at Broadway, like the honky-tonks on Broadway, or at least the way I used to. Uh Like, you can have a really fun time, but you have to embrace it. Like, you have to be ready for just, like, the chaos. You have to surrender to the fantasy. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You really do. Um, I think the first time I saw this movie... It was a difficult watch because if you if you try and critique it too much, I mean, you're just going to think it's silly. Because or if you're looking for any sort of, like, realism. Yeah. The intention wasn't to make them seem like scary gang members, you know. Right. The, 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 the intention was for them to be dancing. And they are so good at it. <laughs> yes. So good. And the, um, what was his name, the uh, shoot? Jerome something or Robbins. other. Jerome Robbins. Jerome um, who was actually the one who conceived of the idea. So he, it was his idea to make, to, to write the show, and he was also the choreographer. Right. Um, and, but he, but he initially had wanted it to be about um, a, a Jewish, Jewish girl yeah, and an Irish, and an Irish boy. No, uh, Catholic. Well, Catholic. Yeah. Maybe Irish. I, I think know. it was Irish Catholic. Um, what was it? Let me see. You know, Jerome Robbins, he also was credited as a co-director of the film. Oh, yeah. I read about that. He was brought in to direct the musical numbers. Mm-hmm. And then um, Robert Wise was handling the more dramatic elements and the traditional aspects of filming. And Robert Wise was brought in, like, also because he had a reputation of finishing under budget and early uh-huh. so any producer is going to want Robert Wise. What did he what else did he didn't he do I want to say didn't he do sound of I was music? just thinking that I think yeah. He did do, I, I meant think he to did do look sound that up cuz yeah. that's what I was thinking and then I didn't look it up but I'm pretty sure he did sound of music. Yeah. Um 
But no, so Jerome Robbins, because he had never directed a movie before, he went way overboard. Right, and there were like injuries, and yeah, he, like he was pushing them way, way too hard. Yeah, so he was asked to leave mm-hmm. halfway through, but he was still consulted as they went along. And, and they, he still got his directing Yeah, they credit. all agreed that he contributed so much to so it. So he still won the Oscar, even though he was fired. <laughs> yeah, and that was the first time that two directors won that award, and the only time up until Joel and Ethan Cohen won for, um, what was it, No Country for Old Men, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but he had had the idea in um, 1947, I think, um, and he approached uh, Leonard Bernstein and Arthur Lawrence um, about collaborating. Um, but yeah, like I said, that he he wanted it to be between an Irish Catholic family and a Jewish family on the Lower East Side, and it was initially called East Side Story. Oh, okay. <laughs> but when they changed it to, um, and then they were, I think they were inspired by um, like the Chicano community. Mm-hmm. But they knew, but they knew more about the Puerto Ricans in Harlem, so that's how it ended up being. Oh, okay. West Side Story. Yeah. Um, I always think about. I've been watching, rewatching Thirty Rock, another problematic watch. But I know. I mean, <laughs> gosh, it did not age well that show. But I'm I'm at the point where um, Sama Hayek is in it, and, the, uh, yeah. and they're like jackass. Puerto they're like, Rican. what do I call you? A Puerto Rican? <laughs> like, that just sounds wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but then, so they realized that um, there had been other um, similar musicals um, about Catholics and Jewish people. Um, Have so, there been? Well, they they said that that um, the re- the group realized it was little more than a musicalization of themes that had already been covered in plays like AB's Irish Rose. Hmm. Um, so then they all, so Robbins opted to drop out, and then they went their separate ways. But when they uh, decided to revisit the idea and bring in Sondheim, who I didn't realize until doing this that he wasn't involved in the music at all. He was only the, he, oh. was, he was the lyricist. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't realize he was the lyricist. Yeah. He was a very young Stephen Sondheim. He was 25, I think. Yeah, which is impressive. Um, but Lawrence... <laughs> What I don't remember what the piece was that Sondheim was working on at the time, but Lawrence was liked his lyrics but was unimpressed by his music, so they didn't ask him to contribute to the music. Harsh. Which is funny. But guess who uh, convinced him to get involved? Who? Oscar Hammerstein. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So it was just like all of the musical yeah. gods came together. It's so funny with, with I mean... With things like this, and even when we were talking about um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, just like whoever is around at the time, like whoever was prominent, and if they weren't involved, they were thought they were considered to be asked right. to be involved. Whoever were like the big names at the time, so you have a lot of crossover with these, especially with producers, and and that's why Lin Manuel Miranda is so busy these days. Exactly. Um, but then let's see, Lawrence and Bernstein. Um, met up and they uh, had the their conversation turned to juvenile delinquent gangs, which is a fairly recent, JDs. yeah, a fairly frequent phenomenon um, that had been in the newspapers a lot at the time because of the Chicano Turf War. Um, but like I said, they decided to do um, 
to focus on the Puerto Rican community because they had more knowledge of that. Um, but this is something that's interesting. Both Bernstein and Lawrence had been uh, part of the blacklist. They had been blacklisted um, oh. for alleged communist activities. And they worked with Jerome Robbins, even though he had cooperated with the House Un-American Activities Committee. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that is surprising. Right? I wonder, I would like to know more about that. I Yeah, I didn't, I didn't delve into it any further. I'm surprised that but... Jerome Robbins cooperated. Yeah. Huh. Interesting, right? It is. Um, but ultimately, it was nominated, I think, for six Tony Awards. And it lost Best Musical to The Music Man. Oh. Which is... Surprising. Surprising. It's surprising. Right? Yeah. Which is, I guess, I guess, if you had to pick another musical that's always being put on by high schools and whatever, it's The, the Music, Music Man. The Music Man, really? I was in it three times. <laughs> <laughs> Were you The Music Man? Never The Music Man. Oh. When I was a child, I Always played... Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. When I was a child, I played Winthrop, the little boy with the lisp. And um, and then in junior high, I was in the, the barbershop quartet. And then in high school, I was also in the barbershop quartet. Aww. I'm sure you were great. You're I a mean, star. Oh, yeah. I really, I really, uh, I really showed up everyone else. <laughs> Um, so do you want to get into the recap or yeah. do you have anything to add before we do that? Um, oh yeah, we should, I, I want to ask you like what, what overall score would you give it? Okay. Okay. Um, this is tricky. I think that it was really important. It was. At the time I have to give it, you know, have to knock off some points for, um, pervasive brown face. There's a lot of things that the movie does right and uh -huh. a lot of things that the movie does wrong. Yes. Um, but, yeah. I mean, if, viewed from today's perspective, well, and not even just today's perspective, talking about the brown face thing, first of all, Rita Moreno, she is Puerto Rican. Right. And they still put all of this really heavy, cakey... Yeah, she said that Brown it, she felt like it, it felt like mud. Yeah, <clears throat> and when she she mentioned something about it to the makeup artist, she was like, "I am Puerto Rican. Like, you don't have to make me look Puerto Rican." Yeah. Uh, they asked her like, "What? What? Are you what's racist? so bad? Yeah. yeah, are you racist? You don't like dark skin tones?" And she just like didn't know how to respond to that. Right. So they had to put the makeup on her to match all of the white people that they had already put the the makeup on. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that element of it is very problematic. Uh, as we always see in movies of this era, uh -huh. um, there's some problematic treatment of women. Yes. Um, but what they do right is very much the dancing, the musical numbers. Yeah. And I mean, just the, um, the, the lighting and the sets. And I understand that. Um, a lot of it was shot on location in New York City. Yeah, all of like it, it was. Like it wasn't a soundstage. No, and that contributed to all the injuries because, you know, they're doing these really amazing high leaps on concrete. Right. Numerous times a day. Right. 
Yeah. Um, it was the highest grossing film of 1961. Uh-huh. It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. It won 10 of them. Wow. It's the highest winning musical still today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was deemed culturally significant by the Library of Congress. Mm-hmm. And it was entered into the National Film Registry in 1997. But I still give it a B. <laughs> That's where I was going with this. I was going to give it a B as well. Yeah, you may um, be in the Library of Congress, but <laughs> not in my library. I mean, for as many uh, great things that it had, that it had, that has some some detriments as well. Well, and also, it's very long. It is so long. It's so and long. It's, and it's a similar issue that we had with Phantom, where it's like, it's so long. But the plot doesn't really have the much to then, it. Uh, but it is immensely more enjoyable than Phantom of the Opera. Absolutely, because of all the dancing and everything. I mean, in Phantom of the Opera, no one's no one's moving. <laughs> yeah, and it has. I mean, Rita Moreno. She is a force oh, of nature. So good. Egot winner. Egot. Yeah. First Latina actress to win an Academy Award. Uh huh. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, there's a lot of good things going for this movie, but Um, yeah, the plot is not one of them. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, for a movie that you could, cultural elements for a movie that you could explain in two minutes, it's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I mean, the end, even if you didn't say that you could explain each pop plot point very quickly. But so is that what we're going to do today? <laughs> yes. <we're just> gonna... <laughs> Spoiler alert. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's yeah. dive in. Get ready for a rumble. Um, so it starts with the, the those whistles. Yeah. And are those like supposed to be like. It's like the call. The gang like bird call. Yeah, basically. Okay, yeah. For which one? I think it's the Jets. It's for the Jets, yeah. They're dopey. <laughs> They're all a little dopey. Yeah. Um, and the, But this, this overture is pretty long. It's a nice overture. And I, I actually really like, um, before we, we get to the actual movie, I like the opening because, yeah, it's an overture. And unlike... Pretty much every other musical I've ever seen, they don't show you any credits. Mm-hmm. They just have this minimalist ink it's just lines, lines that are forming a very minimalist um, skyscape, skyscrape, sc- sc- cityscape. Sci- <laughs> <laughs> what is the word I'm looking for? Skyline. <laughs> Skyline. Yes. <laughs> skyscrape. And I was trying to figure out because this goes on for a long time with basically just the background colors are changing and shifting. Yeah, and very I was like, warm what is, tones. I was like, what is this going to be? I was like, is this going to turn into words? And I wrote down, is this words or a cityscape? Is this words? And I said, cityscape. <laughs> Skyscrape. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I like it because it does force you to just listen to the music. Yeah. And it's a nice overture. It is. The requisite overture. Mm-hmm. I mean... And then we get, um, like, basically a drone shot. But as we noted in Sound of Music, it's a big drone. It was probably a helicopter. <laughs> That's what it's called. Uh-huh. They pass <laughs> over... Skyscrapes and the, big drones. Uh, Skyscraper starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> um, and we pass over a baseball stadium, which seems to be full. 
Like there was yeah. a game going on at the time when they did this. Uh, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it did. <laughs> it did look like that. So we do the overture and the prologue. Um, and that's when we we finally meet the Jets and the Sharks. Right. With Jet Song. And they're on the um, on a basketball court or something. Yeah, they're in Jets territory. Right. Um, and they do a quick little basketball dance. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll back up and note for anybody that hasn't seen it, the Jets are basically the the white guys, right? And the Sharks are the Puerto Ricans, right? There's a and lot of racism in the movie. I mean, the whole plot is racism, right? I mean, it's not racist necessarily. The the subject matter isn't racist. It's they are pointing out that the characters are racist, racist. Yeah, towards like particularly towards Puerto Ricans, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that I think that uh, Tony, um, I don't know if they ever say it in the show itself, but he's supposed to be um, of Irish and Polish descent. Well, yeah, they call him a Polak oh, okay. a lot. Oh, okay. And his name is Anton. Right. Yeah. Um, but so we meet we meet the Jets, the Jets, the white guys, mm-hmm. the Sharks, uh, the Puerto Ricans. They are like doing a dance battle. The dancing is incredible. Uh-huh. Lots um, of snaps. Yeah, and we we get a lot of great. It's really ballet mm-hmm. um, from Bernardo, played by George Chikiris, mm-hmm. who we last discussed um, in White Christmas. Oh right, what was what was your? He was one of the dancers. Yeah, yeah, he was um, like her principal lead male. In was it in um, uh, in all of the numbers? Yeah, like he was in. Um, Gosh, I've already forgotten the names of those songs. But the one um, where she was in the little yellow dress. Yes. Yes. But um, yeah, all of the the show numbers, right. not when she was dancing. Not the with... ones when she was with Danny Kay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, so they are having this sort of uh, dance battle in the streets, and they make their way back to the uh, basketball, basketball court. court. Yeah, and they're about to get into a rumble. And um, that's when Lieutenant Shrank and Officer Krupke show up uh-huh. to break it break it up. And, and we see that no matter how much the gangs hate each other, the one thing that unites them is they hate the cops more. Right, which, good on them. Yeah, um, <laughs> agreed. So, like, Shrank singles out Baby John. He's the youngest member of the Jets. Uh-huh. Because I guess the Sharks did sort of, like, beat on him the hardest. Right. He singles out Baby John to get him to, to say, who did this to you? And they refuse. And basically, um, yeah, the, the gangs tell him to bug off. Right. And Shrank is kind of the principal antagonist i would say of yeah. the movie yeah um and then, even though officer krupke like gets a whole song i agree it's really more they Lieutenant put Shrank. they put in the officer krupke song to be to be comic relief to make the tragedy more jarring at the end i do really enjoy that song yeah um you know also i think it was sondheim he did a fresh air with terry gross interview mm-hmm and he said that originally he had wanted West Side Story 
to be the first musical to feature actual curse words. So at the end, they say, hey, Officer Krupke, Krupp you. Yeah. It was supposed to be what you think it's supposed to be. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it was 1957. That was not going to happen. And they said one other, another interesting thing like that. Um, that, that. Yeah, they wanted to have four-letter curse words in it. <laughs> um, and they wanted to ha- have slang as well, but they didn't want to put in real slang because they thought that by the time it actually was released, it would be out of style. Oh, yeah. So and they on, make up. Well, no, on the movie soundtrack, they were told, because censorship laws were so crazy back then, they were told that if they had any curse words on the soundtrack, they wouldn't be allowed to carry it over state lines. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I wrote down some of them, but, like, you hear Everlovin uh-huh. um, and Buggin yeah. and wacko i mean and there were there were i i like it i think it adds like an element of kitschiness and um it just it 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 really goes i think with the idea of like dancing gangs right yeah this sort of (laughs) because like you just don't expect them to sound that tough if they're not gonna look that tough right you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, the tags that they have all over Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Like, did you notice that, like, they just use, like, a regular paintbrush? Like, they don't have like, cans of spray paint. Uh-huh. They're not stylized. Like, they just write in white paint, sharks. Yes. <laughs> and then someone comes, and then one of the jets comes along, and underneath sharks writes, stink. <laughs> it's, like, very elementary school. Yes. But there were there were like quote unquote slang words that they made up for, okay, so for like, the show. What's one of the slang words? Oh, they made I up? didn't write it down. Well, then why did you bring it up? Because I did. <laughs> You're just like Maria when she's like, "I have a secret. Do you want to know what it is?" And they're like, "Yeah, tell us." And she's like, "I can't." <laughs> and then she does. <laughs> um. Um. So yeah, the cops uh, before they run him off. The cops threaten to, like, beat and arrest the Jets if they don't stop brawling with the Sharks. Where did, I have a question right before the police break it up. Where did they get all of this produce to throw at them? I don't remember which gang throws it at which gang, but at one point they, they all... They don't establish where the produce comes from. <laughs> For a movie this long, you'd think they would have shown us where the produce... I'm, I'm guessing a market? Right, they, but they happen to have... Rotten Tomatoes. Listen, this is the kind of fighting you do when you're a dance gang. Right. Except, unfortunately, later on, they fight with more than just Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. And it doesn't go Like, well. these tomatoes aren't working. We should get knives. So right after they break up um, the fight on the basketball court, Riff, who is the leader of the Jets, mm-hmm. who, by the way... Um, he was played by, uh, I want to make sure I get his name right. His last name is Tamblin. Um, I think it's Russ Tamblin. Uh, is he Amber Tamblin's grandfather? Father. Father. Interesting. I'm pretty sure father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Russ Tamblin is uh, Amber Tamblin's dad. I didn't know that she was... Um, a legacy actress. I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. And it makes it all the more funny that on Arrested Development, um, Tobias Finke has a has a whole, like, I think a side plot in one of the seasons where he, like, wants to be in a cool, 
like dancey gang. Uh-huh. I don't know if he was married to Amber Tamblin at the time, but uh-huh. if they were married at the time, then it's extra funny. Interest. I didn't know that he was married to Amber Tamblin. Yeah. Are they still married? Still married. Oh. Well, would you look at that? Uh, yeah. I I keep tabs on him. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Riff, um, he goes to find Tony, who right. has left the gang days yes. behind. He has um, removed himself from a toxic situation. Mm-hmm. And now he's like a stock boy at docks. But they decided that they need him. Side note. It occurred to me way too late in watching this, like, oh, Doc is the apothecary. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really have as big of a role right. as the apothecary does. But as far as being... But he does deliver the message. Right. And as far as being that um, adult figure that's on their side. Yeah. So he he's a stock boy at apothecary or at Doc's, which is actually like a candy store, pharmacy, soda shop type thing. Yeah. Um, and he's given it up and he he says that he's looking for something. He doesn't know what. He mm-hmm. just knows he doesn't want to be involved in the street life. Yeah. He anymore. wants something fulfilling that's not the Jets. Right. And so Riff is like, but come on, we need you. We're we're gonna we're gonna go to war with these guys and I already told all the Jets that, that you would help us out and come to the dance. So tonight. he convinces him to come to the dance with him. Yeah, so but, Tony agrees. So right before that there's this like I don't remember which actor that does it. Um is it Bernardo? It's like this hands free flip on this bar. He's like hanging from his knees. Mm, and like, I don't, I he's can't like remember swings down on this bar from his from his knees and like does this dismount like without his hands it's insane i know the it's dancing. probably bernardo george yeah. chakiris is incredible yeah so he convinces tony to come to the dance um and then we're pretty much uh then we meet maria maria and anita yeah and anita's working on uh sewing a dress for maria yeah, and so and she wants her neckline to be a little bit her lower. Neckline a little bit lower because <laughs> basically this is like uh, Maria's coming out as a young American girl, mm-hmm. and and she has to wear this white dress, and she doesn't want to. She thinks it looks too childish, mm-hmm. but then when she puts it on, it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's also established in this scene that um, Bernardo is overly protective uh-huh. of his younger sister Maria. Right. Um Anita And he's also dating Anita. Yeah, he and Anita. Anita's um uh Rita Moreno. And that is the kind of sister-in-law that you want. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> she's awesome. She's great. And um she's... Oh, but before we get it um uh Maria is Natalie Wood. Yes, Natalie Wood. Non-Puerto Rican person. Non-Puerto Rican. Um, she does a really good... I mean, most of the roles, she doesn't have a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. She just sort of like goes along with what's happening. Yeah. Um, but at the end, she she does a really th- good I mean, job. I thought she was... She's a very charming presence. Yeah, and so originally she wasn't even considered for the role of Maria, mm-hmm. um, but they were considering Warren Beatty for the role of Tony. Uh-huh. She at the time was filming a movie with Warren Beatty, and so mm-hmm. when they were considering him, uh, they requested that he send over some reels right. for them 
to and look at. And she was on those reels. They decided Warren Beatty wasn't right for Tony, but when they saw her, they said, that's Maria. Yeah, and she, at that point, was already an Oscar winner, right? Oh, for, yeah. For uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I I enjoyed her in it. I mean, she doesn't have much... Um, Puerto Rican heritage. No, she doesn't have much... Uh, uh, Puerto Rican heritage or agency. No, she doesn't. Um, she's just kind of moved along by the plot. But I think that she, I mean, she didn't have a lot to work with. I think that she... She didn't have a lot to work she with. Made, she made lemonade. I agree. I agree. Um, so, oh, and we also find out that Bernardo is more or less, like, arranged an engagement between um, Chino and Maria. Mm-hmm. And Chino's another member of the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically we've got Maria and Tony, they're both talking about how they want to find something more. They just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, they're going to the dance. Right. And she does this right before they go to the dance. She does this, she does this spin that sort of like turns into Technicolor, like. Right. And they zoom in like to basically cut to the dance scene instead of cutting they zoom into her dress while this like yeah that technicolor effect is on it Mm -hmm. and then you just see like these really blurry images and you can't quite make out what it is until it pans back out and you see it's figures dancing in front of this like bright red like blood red yeah backdrop Mm -hmm. and then we're at the dance and there's like a chaperone dance host guy there who mm-hmm. who tells them, "All right, this is a get together dance." So yeah, they they circle up. So basically, it's like the 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 dance itself is separated into the two groups. Yeah, you've got the white kids and the Puerto, the Puerto Rican, Rican kids. kids, and he's like, "This is a mixer." Oh, he didn't say that, but like it's a get together dance. Gets to get together dance, so they have to have like. A circle of are the girls in the middle? Yeah, the girls are on the inside and the boys are on the inside or outside, and they're gonna walk in opposite directions. It's basically like musical chairs for, for partnering up. Yeah. yeah, but when the music stops, they still just say like, "No, they I'm gonna go dance to... with my boyfriend or my right. girlfriend." Exactly. And they do like a really cool mambo number. Uh huh. And then it kind of turns into a dance off. Another yeah. another dance off. This scene really <laughs> reminds me of the dance. In Greece, I mean, I feel like surely Greece mm. had to have taken a lot of inspiration. Oh, I'm sure from this scene. It was also like Greece was set in the time that this was set, basically. Mm. I mean, this is—I mean, close enough in the '50s, right? I, I I thought this was the '60s. But... Well, I mean, it came out in '61, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty close. Um, so this is when we get the blurry filter that I feel Mm. like was very big in the 60s for Mm -hmm. romantic scenes. I'm glad that doesn't happen as often anymore because it just makes me feel like they think we're idiots. Like we can't tell. You gotta beat you over the head with the fact that they are. Yeah. And they use a lot of it in this movie. I'm sure it was really cool at the time. Well, they have to do something to convince you that (laughs) these people. People are falling in love so quickly. It's love at first sight. Right. They don't see anything else around them. Otherwise, it would be hard to imagine that that would be happening. It makes me think that maybe I have astigmatism. (laughs) Um, But no, so they they spot each other and it's love at first sight. And as they move closer, the the background changes and it looks 
<laughs> very very much like a 2000s middle school dance because it goes all black and it's got these like laser dots mm-hmm. that I didn't realize were lasers until I, I was looking really closely and you can actually see them on some of the background actors' bodies. Interesting. So, so yeah, it's like a like laser lights. Yeah. And um, blue, green, and red. Yeah. And so uh, the people at the dance sort of start to realize that this is happening, right? Yeah, Bernardo flips out and yeah. is like, no, you're not doing this, and demands that Chino take Maria home. Right. So he takes her home, but they do have the, another lingering look right. at each other. And um, I think it's around this point that Riff... Riff and Nardo... Yeah, um, they decide that they're going to have a war council. Right. That they they're kept gonna things meet. very above board. Yes. Between these gangs. Yes. They're going to meet at docks at midnight. Mm-hmm. Spread the word. And then he goes, right, daddy <laughs> <laughs> So they're going to have a meeting of the minds. And then uh, we have Maria. Yeah, I mean, basically, we have, um, yeah, Tony is just smitten, and he's he's walking home, and, and I don't know why they did it this way, because, as we said earlier, like, all of it was pretty much filmed on location, mm-hmm. but for the first couple minutes of this song, or at least the first minute, he's very obviously walking on a treadmill with mm-hmm. a fake background behind him, uh-huh. which reminds me, whenever I see people do that, it makes me think of Bye Bye Birdie, uh-huh. which we should do one day, but... I'd yeah, love to. he's definitely on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they, they, I don't know, some of the transition, and he's like obviously on the real streets of Manhattan. Right. I don't know why they did these things. It's actually funny. This this song in particular, they, um, they were convinced like in pre production when people were still st- uh, skeptical about it in general. They thought that for some reason that singers wouldn't be able to do, I think it's called an augmented fourth, like hitting those intervals. It's like, Maria, but like, it's not difficult. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is just like your inner music <laughs> or, man or, coming out. Or maybe it is that, I mean, it's probably that at this point, it's You're so talented. It's so much, it's so part, Some well, I mean, you could do it too, but it's probably because it's so built into <laughs> um, our unconscious at this point. I mean, I don't think Richard Boehmer was exactly a singer. Did he do his own singing? No. Yeah, I think most of them... Most of them didn't. didn't. Um, They even dubbed Rita Moreno for a couple of the songs. One of them, she was just sick. Yeah. And then on the other one, I think it was just like the register was too low for her. Uh Um, But yeah, I do have notes on that because there's some interesting trivia just about um, ghost singers. Mm -hmm. Basically, Marnie Nixon, who did the voice for Maria, Mm -hmm. she also pitched in on a couple songs for Rita Moreno. She didn't, I don't think she had a contract at all. So she wasn't getting paid. Yeah. She wasn't getting royalties for all of this. Wow. Got into a big fight, obviously, with the producers and the directors. Um, Bernstein wound up, um, he wound up giving her 0.25% of his earnings, which doesn't sound like a lot, 
but the, considering the massive amount of sales yeah that the record and the movie produced i'm sure it added up to something yeah and that kind of set a standard for quote unquote ghost singers yeah is point two i mean i don't know what the standard is today it's probably lower if we're being honest i'd say but, it, but yeah of 0.25 percent i'd say that that's probably the most obvious dub I agree. In the yeah, movie. I agree. Although I was impressed that um I think it's obvious just because we you know we probably just know that Natalie Wood is an actress and she didn't have singing experience. Yeah. But she was pretty good at like looking like she was singing. It was yeah, something that I was noticing. I saw it a little bit with George Chakiris too. Mm-hmm. Like just maybe um too too many expressions yeah when they're singing uh-huh you know what i mean like overacting it a little bit right but i don't know i mean it's not something that particularly bothered me at least it was in sync unlike phantom of the opera right <laughs> <laughs> but i'm gonna i'm gonna let that go i'm gonna let it go uh-huh. um so anyways yeah tony singing about maria and then we go back to to the Puerto Rican kids. Uh-huh. Um, are by they the way, like are they like on a rooftop or something here? Yeah, but before they get to the rooftop, yeah. um, they're in Maria's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love her French doors with the mm. stained glass panels. Yes. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. The doors. No, they're yeah, but, and they is. do provide like a really pretty backdrop later on in the film. Uh-huh. I love them though. I would love to have doors like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she's having a conversation with Bernardo. Basically, he's saying, "I'm older. You have to listen to me." Mm-hmm. And as problematic as he his you know overall message is, I do respect um, the level of admiration and respect he has for older women. Because he says, like, when you're an old married woman with five kids, then you can tell me what to do. (laughs) But until that happens, I'm in charge. I'm like, well, at least he likes old ladies. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's something. That's something. He doesn't have respect for all women, but at least he has respect for some. Yeah, for for some of what I would say in American culture are the least respected people. Sure, Unfairly. Uh Uh-huh. And Anita, uh, she's trying to tell him, like, you know, she has a mom and dad. Yeah. They're in the movie. We don't ever see them. But yeah, she has she doesn't parents. Yeah, she doesn't agree with, with... Yeah. She's like, look, she has a mom and dad. You don't need to be that role. And she's a young girl in America. Let her live her dream. And he's right. just like, women in Puerto Rico know their place. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, Bernardo is not the best guy. No. But no, no. none of them are great. Um. So, yeah, that's when they go up to the roof and... We get one of the best numbers, America. Yeah, electrifying. Yeah, Rita Moreno's like standout. Yeah, she's so good. Yeah, basically the the women are very optimistic. They love life in America. Uh-huh. They have so much more in America than they feel like they had back home. And the men are, point out, you know, like justifiably so, like yeah, but being an immigrant in America is not all it's cracked I mean, up to for, be. Uh, as much as I love. Uh, Anita in this song, I was kind of agreeing with the boys for the most part. Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, like, do any of them really want to go back to Puerto Rico? Probably not. Uh, I mean, not in this movie. Yeah. 
For the record, I have never been to Puerto Rico, and I would like to visit. I would like to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah, but we can't go anywhere. We can't go anywhere. Go drink some rum. <laughs> so anyway, it's um, it's getting late, so the guys go go down to Dax uh-huh. for their midnight war council. And um, before they get there, Tony... We see Tony, or after they've left, after Tony's made sure that all of the guys are gone, uh-huh. he's just, like, wandering around, I guess, the, like, tenement that they, they all live in. And he's just like, Maria, just yeah. shouting at the top like, of his lungs. gotta be here somewhere. Yeah, and so this is basically our Romeo and Juliet balcony Right, the balcony scene. scene. And um, there's a few things I really like about this. I mean, first of all, Tonight Tonight yeah. is a classic. Do you, and was this, was this Fire Escape set, was this real? Or is this a? I mean, um, I mean, I I assume it's real. I mm-hmm. know that they, I know that they did rehearsals on a soundstage, but as far as I know, they were doing everything in New York. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I love the song tonight. Tonight, I had heard it many times before I'd actually seen this movie. Uh huh. Um. And yeah, I think I agree with you about Natalie Wood singing. Like, this is the moment where I realize, like, oh, that's definitely... Yeah. That's not her. I mean, it's just obviously, like, a very trained yeah. singer. And we get um, Marnie Nixon. And mm-hmm. we get uh, some more blurry filter. And it really reminds me of the early days of Instagram. <laughs> where, like, do you remember... Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you could do, like, the line focus or you could do a dot. And you could, like, pull it in oh, or yeah. pull it out or zoom it in, pinch it, whatever. Uh-huh. It was very big in 2011. It would, like, it would, like, blur the... Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Like, a really harsh lines between what's blurred and what's in focus. Yeah. But, you know, it's just in case you didn't get it that Maria and Tony are in love. Yeah. They are. And they do say, I love you. Well, this is... No, this is what I, I love the most about it. He says, I love you. Right. And she says, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yes, hurry, go but away. But she does say, me adoro. And or, yeah, she says, te adoro. But, I mean, technically, I'm pretty sure that translates to, I adore you. Yeah. Which... I would rank on terms in terms of affection. Well, I, don't know. I mean, I like go... j'adore in French is "I love you." Well, this is Spanish. I... Okay. Listen. <laughs> type it in. Type it into Google Translate. It's, okay. It's I adore. adore you. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he says good night, and she says buenas noches. Yeah. Which is cute. Yeah, and and I like that he does make efforts throughout the rest of the film to say things in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like he does say later on he says buenas noches and and he has to correct him like it's it's too early for that. Yeah. Say buenos tardes. Uh-huh. Anyways, he's trying. Yeah, he's really trying. Yeah. Like he I mean Tony is a sweet guy for sure. Yeah. Um anyhow, we get to docks. Yes, and the jets are there waiting for the sharks and baby john this is a fun moment for me he's reading a comic book Mm -hmm. captain marvel Uh uh-huh yeah we're we're coming full circle (laughs) (laughs) yeah in case you guys didn't know i really like the mcu um yeah he's reading captain marvel i'm guessing he was not reading captain marvel when it's Carol Danvers that happens later on. Mm-hmm. Like the Captain Marvel we have today is Carol Danvers, right? Um, but the at first this point... Captain Marvel, I think, was a guy actually named like Marvel. It's so stupid. Yeah. 
<laughs> but anyway, I like that he's no reading. No He's reading Captain Marvel, and he's like, this guy doesn't have to use weapons. This guy's cool. Oh. It's like, good for you, uh-huh. baby John. Oh, yeah, and so this girl, the tomboy. Right. Who... Whose name is Anybody's. Is that, his, is that their name? Yeah, Anybody's. Um, And I feel like I was kind of... I don't know if this was some sort of like trans representation before before that was in the you know collective vocabulary. I mean, I think she does identify as a girl. Like she talks about it later on. Right, but I, I don't or maybe th- she's like saying it in a way of like, well, all you guys think of me as is a girl. So cuz she says like I better go get a squeak. <laughs> but I thought at some point they they like referred to them as as a boy or something. Well, so later on, um, Ice does say to her, like, and hey, anybody's good looking out, buddy boy. And right. she looks, like, really... Happy. But I just sort of took that as, like, another funny, like, gang slang thing. But, yeah. I mean, you could be right. It yeah. could be that she wants to be identified as a boy, mm-hmm. but... The fact or that... Or he the... or they. I don't... Yeah, they. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I don't think that there's any there. We're not going to offend anybody by not knowing that character's pronouns. So I'm not. I don't think that you should yeah. worry about it. But um, but just the pride that she or they took by being called Buddy Boy. Yeah, I, I was. Let's say was, this. That's a little touching. In the '60s, they called her a tomboy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So anybody's is like desperate to be a part of the gang, and for the most part, they just tell tell them to screw off. Right. Um, but but they're always lurking around in the background, trying yeah. to get in on the action. Right. Um. So. Is this oh, when yeah, Krupke shows up? Um, yeah, this is when Krupke shows up and he calls out uh, baby John again and asks him, you know, why are you, why are you loitering around here? And they're like, well, if we don't, if we don't hang out here, we'll become JDs. Right. Which they don't mean attorneys. <laughs> they mean juvenile delinquents. Right. And, um, yeah, I think this is when they sing, um, Officer Krupke. Yeah, it's Officer that? Krupke. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a fun song. The one line that I wrote down from this is, we are six, six, six. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, So finally, they're inside. Bernardo and the Sharks show up for the war council. Yeah, and they're meeting at the uh, soda shop diner place. Yeah, they order Cokes all around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like They're very nice to each other for (laughs) rival (laughs) gangs. Um, Except they're not. I mean, they throw around some more, like, really derogatory, um, xenophobic language. But Um, it's very, but the the feud is very on the level. Yes. Totally. And so they agree to the terms. They shake hands. They say we're going to meet Tomorrow, after dark, under the under highway. Under the highway, your best man fights our best man. Yeah, they. so they were arguing initially about which weapons are we going to use. Uh-huh. Uh, they talk about rocks, bricks, cans, tomatoes, clubs, chains, <laughs> yeah, tomatoes, <laughs> blades, or guns. And Tony, Tony comes in and convinces them, uh-uh, this is going to be fists. Right. Skin to skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and they agree that's the best way to do it. And then Lieutenant Shrank shows up again. 
and um, he, and he, he is, seems to like believe that they're mostly getting along. Right. But I, I think he's yeah, he's probably just playing with them. Like, and doesn't he do something kind of... He's, he gets he's pretty like, racist here. Yeah, he's really particularly rude to the Puerto Ricans. Yeah. He demands they clear out. And then he tries to convince the Jets to like basically act as his like street cleanup crew he he would love to see the gangs just kill each other Mm -hmm. to solve his problem right so that he can get a promotion and be rewarded for taking violence off the streets right and he even offers to the jets like look if it gets rough just tell me where it is and if it Mm -hmm. gets rough i'll i'll give you backup right but as noted earlier if there's anybody they hate more than puerto ricans it's cops right yeah, fair enough. Uh-huh. Um, so everyone but Tony clears out after that, and then Tony reveals to Doc that he's in love with Maria. And the Doc and is Doc's scared like, for him. This is going to end super bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have intermission. Intermission. See, we got there a lot faster than uh-huh. the movie did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, and I don't know what it is when... When I was watching this on, I think it was on Hulu. Yeah. Um, because the intermission music just happens over a black screen, mm-hmm. which for some reason, I don't know if it's my app or my TV really doesn't like that. It was just, it kept like stopping and needing to load throughout this. So that was annoying. I think that's your internet. But it was only when the, the music was playing on the screen was black. Hmm. That's weird. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't I, seem I, like it should be a thing. It doesn't seem like a thing. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, we get like our like prelude, I guess you'd call it, to I Feel Pretty. Uh-huh. And then we get I Feel Pretty. Uh-huh. She's trying on hats. Yeah. And this is this is where she's like, I have a secret. <laughs> Do you want to know what it is? Don't, and they're like, don't yes. make me t- Don't make me tell you my secret. <laughs> don't make me t- <laughs> Don't make me sing. <laughs> yeah. But um, I Feel Pretty, it's another like total... Um, it's classic. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows this. It has been one of those songs that's that's so ubiquitous that it's kind of become a joke at this point. I know. love it. You know, I mean, same. It's I think cl- it was a while ago, but I know I sent you, um, I know I sent you Julie Andrews singing it. It's beautiful. Oh, did you? I did. I'll send uh, it again. Yeah, Don't send worry. It, send it to me I'll send again. it again. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so we do I Feel Pretty, and then we're in the bridal shop. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Anita's anxious to leave. She wants to get ready for her date post-rumble with uh-huh. Bernardo. But She's she gonna... accidentally, in doing this, tells Maria about, about the rumble. About the rumble. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess Maria should have known, but she she made Tony promise that he would try and break it up right, right. or, or she does, does that, that eventually yeah. yeah well because he shows up to the shop now oh yeah i think that's when that happens yeah but yeah so she she lets it slip that there's going to be a rumble maria's really nervous mm-hmm. anita wants to leave the shop and maria's like yeah 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 you go i'll close up yeah because she knows she's that told Tony's tony coming. to meet her there right. and but anita doesn't leave quite quick enough mm-hmm. and, and tony shows up yeah. But Anita is still understanding. Yeah, she's still really understanding. She's like, she agrees just come to... home in 15 minutes. Yeah, but she agrees <laughs> to, to keep it quiet, at least from Bernardo. Right. And then Maria and Tony have, like, a really cute little conversation imagining what their wedding will be like and what mm-hmm. their families will think of each other. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's Did sweet. you take this as, um, did you take this, because in Romeo and Juliet, they do get married. Right. Did you take this as being like 
uh, representative of that moment because yeah, they do. They definitely. are taking their. They are taking vows. Well, and they they do a shot where she's like thrown on a veil and they're holding hands yeah. and and it just shows you the two of them under what sort of looks like an, an archway almost mm-hmm. a hoopa yeah kind of <laughs> but I think they're just standing in the door and yeah I mean it, it shows you something that I mean aside from the fact that they're in a bridal shop talking about a wedding I mean it just screams marriage yeah this so. Is- I mean, yeah, if we're following along with the plot of Romeo and Juliet. This would be their their marriage. Yeah, they do one hand, one heart. They're uh-huh. in love. Um, and then... Yes. Yeah, I guess... Um, oh, yeah, there's a line in it where they say something like, uh, one hand, one heart, even death won't part us now. Yeah. And that's when I'm just like, uh-oh. 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 But, these, but this song is very much, it just screams wedding vows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, so then, as I guess as, like, all the action is going to start falling into place, we get the Tonight Quintet, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. I like any good reprisal, and I like it when we've got, like, all of the different characters yeah, singing. Yeah, it's a very, very one-day-more I know, moment. it is. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. But I really enjoy that. I, yeah. It's one of my favorite um, I mean, I feel like styles th- of musical number. Which makes me think that like this should have been the intermission break. Mm, you mm-hmm. know? Well, I, I don't know um, that they did with this song in particular, but they did switch up the order of the songs a little bit for the movie. And something that I read when I was looking, uh, when I was researching the stage show... I think that they changed, yeah, they, they changed things around for the movie because they said something about um, how they didn't know if people would be prepared for um, uh, a, an act one uh, act break coming, like, with the curtain closing on two dead bodies. Mm, right. So I think that maybe in the stage show, intermission comes after the rumble. I wonder if... Because I don't think I've ever seen a movie in theaters that had an intermission. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, like... Like they actually had a break? Yeah, like a like a 10-minute break where you could go get popcorn or... Pee. Yeah. I don't know. Or if it was just as long as it is now in yeah. the digital version. So they do the the this song where everyone's, like, singing their own parts at different times, basically. So the jerks, yeah. the, the, the jerks, the jerks, <laughs> the jets are going to have their day. The sharks are going to have their day. And then Anita has her part. Anita's going to have her kicks tonight. Mm-hmm. And then Tony and Maria are singing tonight at the same time as all of this is going on. Yeah, It's sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then we get to the rumble and they have arrived. And I don't know how they like scale these like 20 foot uh Fences was, as quickly. I as was they thinking do. the same thing, and also that drop they have, like from the overhead yeah. road to beneath the highway, like it's a long drop. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder those poor dancers had so many injuries. <laughs> right? um, but yeah, they drop down, and basically it just gets out of control real fast. Yeah, and Tony shows up and tries to stop them. And stupid Bernardo brought a knife to the right. fist fight. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good move. No. I think had he not done that, everything would have been cool. Right. Because is he the one that first pulls it out? He pulls it out first, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. His his knife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it is that uh, Nardo stabs Riff Yeah, first. so, yeah, basic, yeah. Bernardo um, 
he stabs Riff, and he seems genuinely shocked that he's just done that, but mm-hmm. he did it. And then um, Tony then stabs Bernardo, and Tony showed up like to try and break it up, but like once he sees his friend Riff killed, yeah, it's like emotion a, sort of takes over. Yeah, it seems like he wasn't really in in charge of his faculties. It was just like a knee jerk thing to yeah to stab Bernardo. And in then retaliation. one of the other sharks. At first, I thought that he was stabbing Tony, but he wasn't. He was just, like, beating him up Yeah, with these, thought, like, really bad punches in the gut. Yeah, it's. I thought the same thing. I thought it seemed like, um, like Tony had been stabbed. Like, for all of the really good choreography in the movie, they could have maybe... They, they could have stood to have a um, fight choreographer. I mean, I'm sure, sure there was one. I don't know. <laughs> but, I think there was a dance choreographer it, it looked, who was like, and now you punch him. Right. I mean, it looked in this scene like the punches were, st- like people were stabbing. Yeah, but he wasn't. Right. I like. I wrote That's down, what I mean. Yeah, I wrote down much stabbing and fighting. <laughs> much stab. Much, many stab. Um, sirens go off. And so they start to scatter. Everyone but Tony scatters, and they all just leave Riff and Bernardo dead in the street. Uh-huh. Uh, Tony is overcome with grief and emotion. And, and then, then anybody's. anybody's. <laughs> you know what? Maybe because the name is Anybody's, maybe this, that lends a little like, bit more to your theory. This is uh, non-binary representation. Yeah. You know, I, I can, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think everything's adding up here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, anybody shows up and convinces Tony to run. Like, we gotta go. And come they, on, Tony, they like, come on. It's, whoever's running that spotlight is stupid, because it's, like, squarely on him a number of times, and it's, it seems like it's still searching. Yeah, but. I have another note about stupid cops when we get to the end, but, but like, we, like we said at the get-go, you just have to go with it. Mm-hmm. You just have to embrace this movie. Right. You just see it for what it is. Yeah. So Maria is twirling around on the roof, waiting for Tony She's to arrive. So happy, but unfortunately, instead of Tony, it's Chino. Chino, and he sh- he shows up and he tells her what happened, which was that Tony killed her brother, yeah, Bernardo. And so then, like, and so she prays. She's praying and she's like begging, just please don't let let this not be true. And then Tony sneaks in through her bedroom window. Mm-hmm. And like real quickly, she she is not even mad at him a little bit. Yeah, he's like, I didn't mean to. It got out of control. Bernardo brought a knife. Uh huh. And she's like, he killed okay. my friend. Yeah, she's extremely <laughs> forgiving about the fact that he killed her and brother. And he wants to go to. The, he's the one who wants to go to the police, and she doesn't want him to. Yeah, because she's afraid she's going to lose him too at that point. Right. So I think they. Yeah. Um, and this is when they sing. There's a place for us. Yes, and they they make a plan that they're just going to run away. And this song was actually um, supposed to be. Where uh, tonight is, I believe, and when they were originally writing it, but they for some reason they decided to switch it and put it here because they wanted uh, tonight to be more of like an up more uplifting than this song is. And this is the song where you see the lights shining through those stained glass panels, uh-huh. and they form a really pretty backdrop for Tony and Maria. F- like, it frames them really nicely. I get some of those. Uh-huh. Um, so then we find Arab. He he comes across Baby John. He's just crying on the rooftop. Oh, yeah. he's really distraught about what just went down. 
And um, he grabs Baby John. And he's like, we got to go meet the others. Yeah, we got to meet up. And everyone is upset. Tensions are high. Uh-huh. Um, and this is when Ice steps in as like the new de facto leader of the group. Like, and we, we got to play it cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. So I wrote so many snaps. Yeah. And there's that really famous shot of them. Um, like the camera is going backwards as they're going forwards mm-hmm. and they're snapping. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean it's really good. It's great choreography. It's um Is this when they call oopsie. Is this when they call uh anybody's buddy boy? Because I wrote down this is when I wrote down I'm into this trans affirmation. <laughs> it's right after uh cool. Yeah. Yeah, anybody's shows up and tries to get them to listen. And they're really, really awful towards her, like or towards towards Listen, them. Everybody. General um, Lamarck is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but it's at least they listen yeah. to to him. <laughs> no, they they like call anybody's a freak. It's super awful. Yeah. Um, but anybody's has some good info. Yeah. They've been spying in the quote unquote PR territory, and they they've heard that Chino. Uh, knows about Tony and Maria and um, something about getting that Polak. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been watching The Wire lately. Oh, I still have never seen it. Different kind of gangs in that show. A little bit. A little different. <laughs> but um, they also use the term Polak quite a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's still, still out there today. There's still some pervasive... Anti- I mean, they say bullish. a lot of, like, much worse terms. Absolutely, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, so, we go back to Tony and Maria. Oh, yeah, but that, you, you were right, though. That's when, that is when Ice says to anybody's good-looking out, buddy boy. Uh-huh. And, and then, but I'm like, well, what should I do? And they're like, keep spying, go find Tony. Uh-huh. So, it's almost like they're, they've made it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And so we cut to Maria and Tony, who have obviously just banged. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she wanted to come out, and she did it. Right. Um, she's and like, then, oh, you killed my brother? Let's do it. <laughs> the heat is on. <laughs> um, Anita comes in looking for Maria. And at first, she's pretty pissed. Yeah. To, to realize what Anita's been up to, like. Girl, right? For because he killed first, your brother. He's like hiding in the bedroom, right? And then she sees that he's well. There. He like escapes out of the the fire escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Anita's pretty smart. She just looks out the window and it's like, oh yeah, there oh goes, that's there right, goes yeah. Tony. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, she's pretty pissed at first, but then they do um a boy like that, mm-hmm. and basically they settle on you know when you're in love, there's there's no right or wrong. There's just love. Right. Oh, is does um. Let's see. Is it is it Anita that says that you should be with your own kind? I just wrote down your own kind. Um, I couldn't tell. I mean, pr- that sounds like something. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. There's yeah. only two people in the room, and I don't think Maria would have said that. So yeah. probably. Um, but they have this sort of duet moment at the end of the song that's really beautiful. Yeah, like at together. first, I think she, at first she probably does say like you need to be with your own kind, but by the end of it. Maria is convinced her. Like, I can't help it. I, right. I love who I, I love. I love him. I am his, is what she says. Yeah. Um, so Anita, oh, Lieutenant Shrank shows up. He mm-hmm. wants to talk to her about the events leading up to 
the death of her brother. Right. She gets Maria, or no, excuse me, Maria gets Anita to go to Doc's to deliver a message, which is just like a coded message to let Tony know I'm going to be a little bit late right. for for their meetup because they're going to catch the bus out of town. Right. And all this time they know that Chino is hunting for Tony. Right. Um, so Anita goes down there and it's pretty brutal, the reception that, yeah, is, she receives. This is one of the more upsetting, upsetting moments of the movie. Yeah, it's it's really upsetting. I mean, they almost like gang rape her. Right. It's. I mean, it's actually really, um, for a film that's not I mean, it is violent. We just had two deaths, but like for a film that doesn't focus a lot on violence, and a film and a film that is very intentionally taking out like the more upsetting aspects. Of- I mean, they they removed the curse words, right? But not this. Not this. Yeah, it's- I actually wrote down and, and pardon my French here for a second. I wrote down "fuck the fucking jets." <laughs> it, yeah, it's really bad. It's yeah. really upsetting. Um, I read that Rita Moreno actually, like, in that scene while they were filming, she got really upset because, I mean, it was it's a traumatic thing to film. Yeah. And the first time they did it, when she started crying, they actually all stopped. Like, they got really worried about her. And they're like, guys, it's a movie. We have to keep going. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's it's jarring to watch. So, um, but uh, thankfully, Doc, Doc shows comes up in. and stops them. And, you know, they're also, like... They're also, like, they're literally picking up Baby John and about to force him on her. Like, it's really... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doc shows up and shuts it down. But at this point, she is she is too upset to... She's like, well, fuck this. I'm not going to... Yeah, rightfully I'm not gonna so. Help. I'm not going to try to help you anymore. Yeah, and and I think she's probably thinking too like Maria really has no business being around people like this. Absolutely. She she has every reason to have those reactions. So she tells them that, "Well, you know what? I got a message for your American buddy." Yeah, she says that <laughs> Chino found out and killed Maria. Uh-huh. Um everything's over. It's all over. Right. So then um Doc, he winds up he going down to the that basement. He overhears that and believes it to be true. And delivers the message in true apothecary fashion. He says, why do you kids live like there's a war on? Mm-hmm. He's so, I, I loved him. Doc. In the movie. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a nice old man. Yeah. Um. Then so, Tony, he's distraught. He runs out into the street and he's just like screaming Maria's name. No, he, he's screaming for Chino. He's come and get me, Chino. I think he's also yelling Maria. Oh, okay. Like he's it doesn't matter. Doing, yeah. He's probably doing both. Anybody? But he's taunting. He's yeah. Go ahead. Oh, just anybody who's once again shows up mm-hmm. and is trying to like, stop. What are you Tony. doing? Yeah. And then he says to anybody, "You're a girl. Beat it." Hmm. Yeah. Um, finally, though. Tony sees Maria. Mm-hmm. She shows up, and notably, she's in a red dress, just like the one that she wanted to wear to the dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wasn't able to. But she's in a red dress, uh, and she's not dead. She's not dead. She's not dead. But but before they're I mean, able to make their embrace, I think like literally, like as they embrace. Yeah, it's like as they, which is. Pretty dangerous on Chino's part. Right? Like, Chino. Like, do you have that much trust in your aim? Well, and it's just... And the bullet, or the caliber of the weapon. Like, it's amazing that the bullet didn't go through 
him and you know hit yeah. her too. Yeah. I was just thinking, is there any blood in this movie? Um, maybe that's why they put her in a red dress. So yeah, I don't. So think... you wouldn't see like large red well, blood stains. But I don't think that there. I don't remember seeing any blood from anybody's like gunshot wounds. Mm-mm, me neither. Um, or stab wounds. And this is heartbreaking after uh, he shoots Tony and he's laying in her arms and she's singing, somehow. So that's the one moment where it is Natalie Wood's voice. And she does a great job. I just got goosebumps. She does a great job. She actually, they sort of like led her to believe that they were going to use her voice in the movie. Um, They definitely had her record the full soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had... um, you know, they had the the other woman do it at the same time. I think that what I think that it's what makes her believable. I think to oh, me they, it looks physiologically like she is singing as she's lip syncing. Well, they did. So when they were on set recording or doing the recording the movie when they were filming, <laughs> that's what they call it. <laughs> I don't know what is with me and words today, but <laughs> when they were filming the movie. They actually were playing Natalie Woods singing. So she was singing along with herself. Exactly. Yeah. Which I guess made it a little bit more natural. Oh, so that makes sense. So when the, what was the other singer? Marnie? Uh, Marnie, I said it earlier. Is it Nix? Something. It's, it's Marnie, Mar- yeah, What? it's Marnie. So when, so Marnie. Nixon, Marnie, Marnie Nixon. Nixon uh sang to match up with the yes, with Natalie Wood's exactly. mouth. Yes. Uh, uh, so it's not the other way around. You got it. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it if you're going to do it. Mhm. Um so yeah, uh, we get it's a tragic tragic scene and this is hands down Natalie Wood's best moment in the film. I mean, it's the only moment where she really gets a lot to to work with yeah and she she nails it yeah she really nails it she sinks her teeth in yeah she she basically she she grabs the gun and says you know you're all responsible for this it's your hate that killed riff and bernardo and tony and guess what now i have hate too yeah and it looks like she's about to shoot chino but she she just instead she drops the gun and she breaks down i had forgotten how this movie ended and I was half expecting her to shoot herself, but I knew in the back of my head that she wasn't going to. That would be a real, like for, even for this movie, that would be a really dark ending. Right. I think there, there was, um, and maybe an original script, I think it did involve Maria dying, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it was by suicide in front of everyone. Right. Um, but okay, so earlier, but as we I mentioned, all know, in Romeo and Juliet, Juliet does kill herself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she does. You're you're right. Yeah, she stabs herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, happy dagger. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so earlier I mentioned just like bad police work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, when they, they... just like let <laughs> yes. them. Yes, carry I wrote off this down too. Tony's body like, as though it's not a, yeah exactly I'm just like what? what what I mean I know we're not going for realism but for some reason that's the moment where we're just like mm, I don't buy this 
<laughs> yeah, go ahead and take him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that's the end of the movie, Fade yeah, to Black. And she and they, they carry him out, and then she follows. Yeah. So what were your favorite moments in the movie? Um, Let me see. Some of my favorite things um, Give were... us a few of your favorite things. What are a few of my favorite things? I wrote down a couple. Um, Knife fights. Um, knife fights, sweater capes, <laughs> platform flip flops, paisley tops. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> saltwater taffy. Uh, um, I said the I said the the sets and the lighting, which I found out after the fact, was actually the fact the fact that it's filmed. It was because it was New York City. Yeah, the fact that it was filmed on location mm-hmm. is definitely one of my favorite things. Uh, the the sty- fifth girl the shows fifth up girl. again. Here she is. <laughs> uh, Manhattan was the character all along. <laughs> um, so I said sets and and like lighting choices, not necessarily um, fuzzy filters. Yeah, but um, yeah, just the you know the framing of different shots. I think there's a scene, and I think it's at the dance where. Um, Anita and Bernardo are talking. They're like sort of in the foreground and they're having this moment, um, but they are kind of not in focus. Like the thing that's in focus is like the dance that's happening behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a really interesting choice. I don't know. They made some like, they made, they took some risks Mm -hmm. as far as that stuff goes. Um, Obviously, Rita Moreno. Yeah, of course. Um, one of my favorite things was also Natalie Wood. I know that she might not have been... The perfect choice. The perfect choice, right. But what she did with it, I thought was really good. I just thought that she was really charming. You know who they offered the role to originally? Audrey Hepburn. Really? Yeah. She would she... have been a little old. Um, I don't... I, I couldn't tell you what her age would have been at the time. Well, actually, so uh, originally they wanted to give it to the the Broadway actress. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was 29, and they agreed that when they screen tested her, she looked too old to be a teenager. Yeah. Which, well, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so then they wanted to give it to Audrey Hepburn, and I don't know how old she was at the time, but she was Audrey Hepburn, so, yeah. you know... Um, but she was pregnant, and she had had difficult pregnancies before, so she just she didn't want to overextend herself, so yeah. she passed. Yeah. Um, and then I told you how they they wound up finding Natalie Wood. Yeah. Um, any other favorites? Um, the dancing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I had a favorite. I think my favorite dance number was probably America. Yeah, I mean, I think. I, I like America. I think that's maybe my favorite. It, it's one of my favorite numbers. It's not mm. my favorite dance number. It's your favorite dance number. Um, I mean, it's probably... I mean, honestly, I really like the the Jet song and and the, the prologue. Like, I really mm-hmm. like seeing how acrobatic um, they are and, yeah. and doing all those ballet moves. Yeah. Um, I like cool a lot. Uh-huh. And I really enjoy um, the mambo and the dance scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite dance numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, America is such a good song. Yeah, it's it's a really good showcase for Rita Moreno. Yeah, um, she's yeah 
probably the best part about this movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, she, I love she George earned, Kiris. Yeah, she earned her Oscar. Yeah, um, and you know, I loved those French doors. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I overall, I mean, it is a really even for as long as it is, I don't feel like it drags too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I stay pretty engaged throughout the film. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, the only parts that I thought were kind of, I mean, I think after the fact, I appreciated it more, but like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, what is happening with these lines? And the, I was distracted by that, but ultimately was won over by the music, I think. You mean like with the funny dialogue? Like Jacko Wacko. Oh no, I mean like the like the the actual lines on the screen. At, oh, the in, lines. In the, uh, in the, the over, lines. In yeah, the yeah, overture. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I I enjoy that minimalism stuff. Um. Let's talk about casting. Okay. So I didn't do a lot for this just because I don't want to. If we're gonna do, if this movie is going to be made. Yeah. You need to have a Puerto Rican cast. You, yes, you need to have actual, actual Puerto Ricans. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I know a lot of young, like, high school appearing right. Puerto Rican actors and actresses. I do not. Um, funny enough, this movie is going to be remade. Yes. Um, it was supposed to come out this year, but, you know, we'll see. Probably won't happen, but we'll see. Um, uh-huh. Steven Spielberg of all people, is directing it. Interesting. What I is, mean, he hasn't been doing much. What is the last thing he did? Uh, I can't tell you off the top of my head, but yeah. I mean, I I really enjoy Steven Spielberg movies, but yeah, same. I don't know that I'd ever think of him for a musical. So I'm really, really intrigued yeah. to see how this plays out. I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, I think that the thing that has to happen with this is that there has to be some sort of aspect of it that's forward thinking or uh, groundbreaking and uh, you know i think the, the thing that set it apart at the time was how modern it was yeah you know and i so i think like to translate that to a modern musical has to sort of follow and do the same thing so here's what i know about the casting for the new movie okay they did an open casting call mm-hmm. like it, I think over 30,000 people, like, at least submitted to audition for the movie. Um, I think that they're using mostly unknowns, mm-hmm. um, especially for the sharks. Mm-hmm. For the jets, there are a couple names I recognized. Um, Ansel Elgort is Tony, and I am very meh about that but i'm gonna give him a chance hasn't he been playing a teenager for like 10 years he has okay but i mean whatever he's got a, he's got a young face he's got a young face even if um, it's not totally appealing yeah and then <laughs> Corey stoll who i don't know that you would recognize the name yeah but he's been in a bunch of stuff most recently he was like um he was that guy in ratchet I did watch Ratched. Uh, which the, which guy? The weird guy that she like. He stays in the same hotel as oh, her. Oh, the one where she's like she tries to have sex with him a couple of times. And it's yeah, not into it. it's yeah. weird. Like she does a weird mothering thing. It's so weird. Yeah, um, that's that was. That's Corey Stoll. He's he's either going to be Shrank or Krupke, one of oh, the okay. two. Yeah. But you know what? Um, it's funny that you were talking about Britney Spears earlier mm-hmm. because the only recast I could come up with in my mind was like. 
you know, Justin Timberlake, he could probably be a Krupke. <laughs> Ugh. He's an actor now. We hate him. That's why he could be Officer Krupke. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, okay, other people originally considered for the roles uh-huh. in the 61 film. Uh-huh. Probably the most famous is Elvis Presley. They really wanted Elvis to be yeah. Tony, but his, you know, asshole of a manager, Colonel Tom, mm-hmm. shut that down, which was probably a huge mistake for, for him. And the thing is, they knew that he wasn't much of an actor, but they knew that he had a lot of charisma. Yeah. Which is Lots something which is once, something that, what's his name, who was the actor that actually played him? Uh, Richard Bramer. Did not have. Bamer? Bramer? Um, I mean, they didn't. I thought he was cute and and that he did a fine job, but he didn't have a lot of chemistry with Natalie Wood. They didn't like each other. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, I heard that she, like, for some reason, she had kept a list of people she didn't like in her trailer. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of iconic. And then the guy that played Riff, um, Russ Tamblin, like, he found it, and then he told... <laughs> Uh, he told him later on, like, oh, yeah, she did not like it. He's like, well, I knew that, but I didn't know I was on a list. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that's, I, it's really funny in my mind. But, yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't love, I mean, he's kind of just, like, one note throughout the thing. I think that they, I think that he was hired because he had the, the look or whatever. Yeah. Or, but Yeah, he was cute. Um, I don't think that he really, for someone who's supposed to, like, carry the show, it didn't really, he didn't really do it for me. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he carried the show. I don't know if I expected that from him. But he did really strike me as a genuinely nice boy. Sure. I'll give Um, you that. Other people considered for Tony were pretty much any... Any, like, handsome man from that era was on the list. Like, Warren yeah. Beatty, Burt Reynolds, Richard Chamberlain, Robert Redford. Uh-huh. Um, uh, oh, and actually, Russ Tamblin, he auditioned for Tony, but they thought he would be better suited for Riff. Um, uh-huh. And then... You know, we talked about this last time with Phantom, how they really just, they need to hire more stage actors for movies like this. And that's I, what they I did agree. here. Yeah. That's what they did here. Like, uh, George Takiris, he had played Riff in the London production. Um, I'm trying to remember the other ones, but a lot of the Jets and the Sharks came from the stage. And I, I mean, it shows because the dancing is so good. Yeah. I mean, you you can't have you need a, you a need, non-dancer in those roles. Right. You need real stage dancers in yeah. order to pull that off. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of it's a no-brainer. It never it never proves to be a bad decision to put a stage actor in in one of these I roles. I can't think of any examples. I mean, when you have um Samantha Barks. Yeah. Um Aaron Tveit. I mean, it's just it always works. It always works. Um, so I had a, I had a couple of ideas um, for uh, for casting mm-hmm. um, for Maria uh, because she is um, of half Puerto Rican descent, and I 
really don't know how to pronounce her name. Oh, are you sure you want to? <laughs> Go ahead. I don't. Go she's ahead. the she's the actress who played Moana. Oh, okay. Um, she's like half half Hawaiian, half Puerto Rican. You know who else is half her name Puerto is, Rican? Her name is like Ali'i Cravalho. You know what I do when I don't know how to, how to pronounce someone's name? What I ask Alexa. Well, I don't. Ha- I don't have Alexa. Oh, you should get one. Um, but you know who else is half Puerto Rican? This is the like. I'm. I should know more. Um, but Aubrey Plaza. I was like, where could we put Aubrey Plaza? In this? Yeah, like probably nowhere. Right. Well, because one of the things <laughs> that they decided very early on in the development of the musical itself was that they were cutting the parents. Yeah. Um, well, not that Aubrey Plaza could play a mom. Right. But, I mean, she's old enough probably at this point to be the parent of a 16-year-old. She's, like, 30. Ish. I thought she was, like, more, like, along the lines of, like, my age or a little bit older. I mean, depending on her choices, she could have a 16-year-old. Right. True. Um, and then my other... So, for Maria was, was um, that actress. And for Anita, I had only had... One idea, who, and that, but she's actually of Mexican descent, but was uh, Camila Mendez, who plays um, Veronica on Riverdale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she she sings. Okay. Oh, that's right. She she has, like, a Josie and the Pussycats thing or something. Yeah, and she they do, like, Riverdale did that thing where they had, like, a mute. Listen, a musical episode. It was that was a terrible. <laughs> that song that KJ Apa sings is so bad. Oh my god! I that's when I stopped watching Riverdale. <laughs> L- I, like that is literally the episode where I said, "No, I can't handle this anymore." I never really watched Riverdale. Yeah, um, it. it I mean, look, I've watched a lot of stuff during the pandemic. It kind of went off the rails after like season one, right? It's... It went off the rails after episode one. <laughs> <laughs> that show, like, I will never but forgive. But it, it became like supernatural, right? And I will never forgive the striptease to the song "Mad World." Ew! In front of her parents. Is that was that something Bad Betty did? Yes, she's like. Tr- First of all, oh my god! That's that same truck that was that went by last time. Like they're just they know what's going on in here, and they're just making circles. <laughs> they love Riverdale. No, um, okay, so Betty like wants to be initiated into like the snake gang. The sharks. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's like they're the snakes or something. I know, I know. And in order to Jug do heads, that, Jughead's family is she has dying. to like get on stage and do a striptease while she sings the song Mad World from Donnie Darko. <laughs> and not only is her mother there, but Jughead's father is there. Like all the parents are there and yeah. they're all just like, okay, I guess this is happening. Our daughter is 16. She's a grown woman. But is this one of the times when she's like possessed by Bad Betty? I don't know who Bad Betty is. She, like... No, I don't want to talk about this. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much all um, I have. Oh, I might... Let me let me go through my, my okay. little notes, pack my little bags. Yeah. Um, and see if there's anything else that I had to talk about as far as, like, production or anything. But I don't think I did. Oh, as far as casting the show... Um, this is important to note, I guess. Uh, Bernstein said, and this is a direct quote, 
Uh, everyone told us that West Side Story was an impossible project. Oh, this is this is what I was talking about as far as um, not thinking that someone would be able to sing the songs. Uh, it was an impossible project, and we were told no one was going to be able to sing augmented fourths, as with Maria. Also, they said the score was too rangy for pop music, besides who wanted to see a show in which the first act curtain comes down on two dead bodies lying on the stage. And then we had the really tough problem of casting it, because the characters had to be able uh, not only to sing, but dance and act and be taken for teenagers. Ultimately, some of the cast were teenagers, some were 21, some were 30 but looked 16. Mm. Some were wonderful singers but couldn't dance very well or vice versa. And if they could do both, they couldn't act. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe a lot of Broadway actors don't want to be in movies. Yeah. I mean, maybe they feel like the true craft is on the stage. Uh-huh. Or, you know, maybe they're busy doing shows. I, yeah. I don't I don't I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Um, I do know that you can be older on stage than in film. Yeah. So that could have something to do with it too. But for all those directors out there listening, Mm -hmm. we still highly recommend you just go with the stage actors. Steven Spielberg, I know you're listening. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) but I think that's all I got. I, I think we're good to go. Yeah. So, um, I think we already agreed on what our next one is going to be. Oh, yeah. What did we decide? Um, Fiddler. Yeah, we're going to do Fiddler next. I'm excited Fiddler about this. Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. Yeah, I um, have not seen Fiddler on the Roof, actually. I've seen the stage show a number of times. Um, I think I might have seen the movie once or something. So I'm excited to dive into that. Yeah, me next too. Time. It'll be fun. Okay. Well, this has been fun. Thank you for joining us. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Is that the shortest one yet? I think so. Yes. <laughs>